the Art and Industry of Business and Living podcast, discussing conscious choices around business, money, life and living and creating a greater future for you and the planet. Hey everybody, welcome to the Art and Industry of Business and Living. How does it get any better than this? You are with Simone Millis as your host. And we have an interesting topic that we are talking about today. It's literally terrible at business. Like how many of you have decided that you're terrible at business? And you know what? We're going to delve into all of those places where, you know, you have to be functioning from judgment to actually think you're terrible at business. What if business was an adventure? What if it was fun? What if it was the easiest thing on the planet? So I have with me today my lovely, awesome colleague that I work with, uh, Marnie Barranco. Welcome, Marnie. Thanks, Simone. I'm happy to be with you. <laughs> so we were just, uh, we were having a chat prior and we're actually putting a book together for Joy Business Facilitators. So what's a Joy Business Facilitator? Well, they're a, a facilitator that does classes all around the world, either online or live in person. They can do private sessions as well. You can check it out at accessjoyofbusiness.com. We have a couple of classes, Access Business and Money is a one-day class, and then we also have a three-day masterclass called Business Done Different, which I am doing one in Tokyo very, very soon. It's live streamed in Japan and then followed by one in Paris, France. So I love saying that, Tokyo and Paris. How does it get any better than that? But one of the things that we're putting together, a lot of the JCFs, the Joy Business Facilitators, is a book. And the book that we would like to write is called Terrible at Business. Okay. Now, why would Joy Business Facilitators write a book called Terrible at Business? Good question, you you ask. (laughs) Well, the thing is, how many of you have decided that you're terrible at business? So I asked Marnie to come on here so that she could actually ask me a few questions and interview me as well. So we could start to, you know, delve into this and, and look at the places that people misidentify and misapply what has occurred in their life with business Whereas actually, what if it was a gift? What if some of the things that have occurred have been a gift of magnitude and you have not been willing to acknowledge that? And if you do acknowledge it, you can expand even more. You can have more, you can receive more, you can create more. So Marnie, where do we want to start here? Well, I would love to start with when you first asked me if I would come on this call with you, I was super excited because having the privilege of working with you you have an approach to business that I have not seen anywhere else on the planet. And you do things very differently. And really what you said in the introduction, there's an adventure to business for you. There's an ease, there's a joy, there's a lightness. And a lot of people have the opposite point of view about business. It's serious, it's hard, it's, it's almost like going into it with failure before they even start. So I would love to actually start in the beginning for you, is business something that you've always loved? And can you kind of just talk a little bit about your perspective on business, which is actually quite different than much of the world? Yeah. Many years ago at high school, when I, you know, people were talking about going to university, people were talking about getting married and having kids, et cetera. One of the things I always used to say was, you know what, I want to own my own business. And people would say, well, what is it? What's your business going to be? And it's like, I don't know, I just want to own my own business. Because to me, it had such a place of 
malleability. It had such a place of adventure. It had such a place of the ability to change something and to create changes that you desired to create. I mean, from a really early age, I remember looking around the planet thinking, why doesn't anyone get this? Why doesn't anyone get how amazing this place is? Like one of the sayings that I literally grew up with on my own, like, you know, I I saw it somewhere and I used it for my, you know, self-motivation was imagine what you'd do if you knew you couldn't fail. Mm. So I sort of grew up with that as somewhere that I was heading and I would watch people not be grateful for what was around them and not see the planet for what I could see the planet as. And I was like, what would it take to change that? And to me, creating a business, you could have the opportunity and the possibility to change things like that. Like I remember being in, uh, in London and I saw a, a very famous musician and she was walking around the uh, markets in, in London at Camden Markets and had a T-shirt on. And the T-shirt said something that was pretty much like, you know, anti-anything. It was sort of like, you know, sort of like fuck the people, fuck everything else and what are you here for sort of energy. And I was like, wow, she's got a voice in the world and that's what she chooses to do. So I started looking at what could I create that could be a voice in the world that would change the way people looked at themselves and looked at the planet. And one of the things I created was a company called Good Vibes For You. And I was, you know, didn't have much money at the time. And I would literally ride around in those big red buses, you know, get a, a bus pass for a day. And I'd ride all around London with my, <laughs> with my notepad and I would write things. I would write, you know, what I could see the business looking like, what I could see it being like. Now, I didn't actually create it then. What got created at that moment was the ideas for it, was the, you know, the generative energy for it is what I like to call it. And I started creating the ideas, but I didn't start instituting it for quite some time. I just knew that I desired to create a change in the world. And to me, the quickest, easiest way to do it was through a business, some form of business. Now, here's the piece though, that I see so many people misidentify what business is. They think it's, you know, getting your briefcase, putting your tie on, you know, putting your formal outfit on and your formal face as well <laughs> and going off to the corporate world and, and you know, working Monday to Friday, nine to five, or even working six days a week, you know, and working really late hours. It's like, what if business was creation? What if business was something different? What if business is like when, you know, you write a book, it's like, or, you know, you write a song, it's like, or you start a business called Good Vibes For You that can possibly change the way people look at the world. So I never looked at business as a limitation and I never looked at business as having something right either uh, or having to get it right or even having a degree. I mean, this is, you know, for me, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this topic is terrible at business is because so many people go to, oh, well, I'm terrible at business. I never studied it. I don't have a degree. That's bullshit. It's like, you know what? You start to have a look at what you do know and a really different reality will show up. And I implore you, it's like right now, it's like, you know, pick something, look at an industry and say, okay, so truth, what do I know about this? And everything that I've been you know, denying that I know about this topic, about this industry, whatever it is about this business, destroy and uncreate it, right and wrong, good and bad, pock and pot, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds, which is the access consciousness clearing statement, and start to have a look at what you do know about something because you all know far more than what you've been willing to acknowledge. So 
what what else would you say to somebody who has decided that either number one, they are terrible at business, they don't understand it, they don't get it, or maybe they actually identify with what you've been talking about of that creation, that inspiration, the writing the ideas down, the seeing the possibilities, but then they encounter all the points of view of how you have to do it and the order and the structure that you have to do it in and the plan that you're supposed to have to get there. And then they just sort of like fold inwards and go, never mind. There's, ah, and they don't, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> or they want to run off into the forest, like, never mind. Yeah. But, yet, but yet they do have a sense of what you've been talking about. Where would you say for them to start with changing that for them? Uh, well, stop listening to others and don't go to the wrongness of you. I mean, it really is that simple. You have choice and it's, you know, listen to others in the sense of gather information. Like if I look at say finances, as an example, you know, I'm always asking different people for, you know, a consult or it could even be as candid as, you know, Hey, can I buy you a glass of champagne? And can I ask you a few questions? but always interested in finding out more information, but I don't make that information or what somebody says more prevalent and more important and more significant than what I know. Because, I mean, in truth, it's like, you know, if we had, God, what movie was I watching the other day? Oh, it was a really old movie. It's based on this architect. And basically, you know, years and years and years ago, I don't know, 1950s or something like that. It's like this guy's an architect and he has his own way of working. He has his own designs. He has his own awareness of what these buildings can be. And they keep cutting him down because they keep saying, no, that's not the way we build. That's not the buildings that people want. That's not, you know, that's not right. He's like, no, I'm not cutting myself off for anyone else. I know that what I create is great. And, you know, the whole story and, you know, it's got a woman and it's all got the love story in it and I cannot remember the name of it at the moment. Uh, But one of the things about it is he doesn't give himself up. He keeps looking at what he is creating as a gift to the planet, even though he gets, like there's a whole newspaper who does a story about him and pulls him down and then, then one newspaper supports him. So the readers stop buying that newspaper because they're like, you supported this guy and he's trying to do something different in the world. You know what? If we didn't embrace the people who were trying to do something different in the world, where would we be now? I mean, in 1957, Australia, someone, someone made the decision, made the choice that we should shut the patent office down because once Colour TV came into existence, they said, well, that's it. There's nothing else more to invent. I mean, can you believe the stupidity of that and the ignorance of going, we've got colour TV now, kids, you know, that's it. We're done. Yeah, we're done. We're good. Yeah, they literally shut the patent office down in Australia for six months until Mm. I'm not sure what else came about. But someone made that decision, someone made that choice. And, you know, how many people out there are choosing their life and choosing their business and choosing their creations based on the stupidity of others? Rather than going, you know what, I know, I know what I'm creating here. I know it can create a difference. I know I can make this work and go out there and make it work. It's like, take, you know, what action do I need to take today to actually make this work and become something that I know it can be? Whatever that is, whatever that may be. I mean, heck, you might own a bakery, you know, and you start looking at how all the other bakeries have done it, you know, what we call industry standard. Okay, I say get some information from industry standard and then create your own. 
What if you create a completely different bakery? I mean, I saw a thing on YouTube the other day and there's a um, vegetarian butchers and I think it's a Japanese guy. I, I didn't watch all of it, but I did see the photos and they look amazing. Like he set his butcher shop up to look like it's all this meat there, but all of it is vegetarian. I don't know what wow, it's made, you know, well, I don't know what it's made from in, in sense, obviously it's vegetables, but he's got his own and he's called it the butcher. Oh, it's, it's a strange name, but something about like, you know, being a butcher vegetarian. So that's different. Now, how many people are going to say, oh, that's not going to work? I mean, that's the first thing that this reality and the stupidity of people go to is that's not going to work. Why? Because it's never been done before. What if that was the brilliance of actually bringing something into the world? Yeah, I love that. I actually read a study about people who had become millionaires and billionaires. And it was so interesting because I want to say it was 85 to 90% of them either didn't graduate high school or just graduated high school. They didn't have any kind of degree, any kind of business training, but they were willing to think outside of the box and just really put into practice everything that you've said. They didn't buy into the lie of the system. And I was reflecting on when right after Getting Out of Debt Joyfully came out, your book, and there was a lot of media attention and you know different things being published in different places. And some of the feedback that you started getting, well, you don't have a business degree and, you know, all of the reasons why you shouldn't be successful. And yet here you are running businesses and being successful. <laughs> so it, it's just, yeah. So it's just really to everything that you've said, but just being willing to know what you know and to ask questions. And I was thinking even of things like, you know, the suitcase for the longest time, suitcases didn't have wheels. And if somebody just stopped and said, oh, suitcase has been invented. Awesome. You can put some, you can pack your stuff and take it with you. Then that would have been that. But someone said, oh, what else is possible? Wonder what else you could do with this. And so could you talk a little bit more about creating from the space of asking questions and possibility? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's great that you bring up that story about suitcases didn't have wheels because if you also look at Kodak, it's like Kodak, you know, they had the monopoly on photo taking. I mean, you know, I remember the days when you had to, you know, go buy your film and then get it processed, et cetera, and do all of that. But they weren't willing to look at the future. They weren't willing to look at the future of what was being created and what the people were demanding. And that's another aspect to it too. You've got to be able to have a look at what people are demanding and see if you can create that or end greater. So Kodak was sort of like, eh, digital is going to go away. And they didn't really look at what was going to create. So, you know, they haven't done very well for themselves. So it is, it is, you know, and it's a fine line. And again, I think you need to, to really tap into what you're aware of and what you know, and not buy into other people's projections. Because if you're willing to look at the future and see what's sort of trending, but is it trending for now? And is it going to create something in the future? And how can you add to it? Like, that's what I'd be asking. It's like, what do I know? And what can I add to this to create, you know, a greater future, to create more money, to create greater business, whatever it is you'd like to choose. Yes. And I love what you said about what are you aware of? One of my all-time favorite quotes of yours is mm. when someone asks you what's your elevator pitch, it depends on who's in the elevator. And that is <laughs> that's that's my favorite on so many levels, but it really speaks to the you can try to come up with the right answer and the canned response and the thing that you think you're supposed to say. Or you can recognize you have this thing called awareness. And if you'll use it, 
you'll actually know what to say, what to ask and what to choose in the moment rather than the canned response that might work for 1% of, of the population. So can you speak a little bit more about so the difference between how we're taught to think and analyze and projections and forecasts and bottom lines and that how that's so inundated versus awareness and how that actually supersedes and allows you to create greater? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, what, when you ask that question, sort of what brings up for me is profit. I mean, let's look at that as, as one example of what people judge a lot. Uh, you know, how much profit have you decided you're allowed to have? How much profit have you decided you're allowed to make? I mean, you know, there's a, a standard and it's like a, like an unwritten law of the amount of profit that you are allowed to make, you know, a hundred percent, 50 percent, a thousand percent. What's considered kosher? What's considered you know, right, good, perfect, and correct, rather than what if you were willing to make, you know, a zillion, a godzillion, which godzillion is a number only God knows, you know, in profit and not judge it. I mean, I remember at one stage I was importing these semi-precious stones from India and, you know, me being me at that stage especially, I, you know, created a successful business and then I got bored. Sideline, you don't have to destroy a business in order to create another one, (laughs) which is for another topic. But you know what? It is actually for this topic, terrible at business, because I was really good at creating a great business, making money, you know, having it run smoothly and then getting bored, not cognitively, at having the awareness later that, oh, you know what? I was incredibly bored. So I started destroying it rather than knowing that I could create a different business and I could create something more and add something to my life that would, you know, entertain me and create a greater future. And also keep that other business running, like hire someone, sell it, get a manager, do whatever you have to do. But one of the things when I was importing this jewelry and I decided that I was, you know, over it, I was done. I didn't want to do this jewelry anymore. So I was working at a lot of uh, expos and markets, et cetera. And because I had, for me, for the joy of it, when I went to India, you know, I didn't sort of go to a wholesaler. I went right to the guy who was making the jewelry. You know, so I missed out a whole lot of people. So I would buy a piece of jewelry for, you know, a few dollars. Like by the time I got it home and customs and tax and all that sort of stuff, let's use, for example, it was $5. Now that ring in Australia was worth about $180. So my profit is massive. And when I decided to get out of this business, I was wholesaling and retailing I went to the markets and expos, et cetera, and I would, you know, slash it down and I would, you know, say $25 or something, $30, which is still a huge profit. And yeah. I just wanted to get rid of it. But you know what I noticed, Marnie? People would walk past and go, oh, it must, mustn't be real. It mustn't be this. So I realized what I had to do was, you know, $180 down to $90, half price, and then I would start selling it. So it's interesting to see like the profit margin that you are allowed to have on things that is yes. accessible to this reality rather than it's sort of like the the truth and the awareness of, you know, the truth and the awareness of like sort of what is out there and what's available to you that you can, I guess, use to your advantage. Yeah. And, and the willingness to look from a completely different perspective so that you are aware of that as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And, it, and, and what if everything was an interesting point of view? 
Which, what is an interesting point of view? Well, it's like, you know what, try it for three days. Interesting point of view, I have this point of view. Interesting point of view, I have this point of view. Like the amount of people who were horrified when they found out my profit margin, you know, on these rings. But it was like, well, that's actually, you know, what people are willing to buy them for. It's like when you're selling a house, it's like how many people look around and go, well, you know what, this house, we could sell it for 1.1 million because that's what the other houses are, are worth in this area. What if instead you flipped it and went, okay, house, what would you like to be sold for? I have literally seen people do this, ask their house or their property what it would like to be sold for. And the house or the property goes 1.5, you know, and you're like, yeah. oh, but that's not in the market for the area. 1.5. Like you can hear the house go, I want to be sold for 1.5. So, so, and then they've sold it. I've literally, there was a a couple I knew in California and they had a property, massive, beautiful property, and they had it on the market for $8 million. And we did this, like, you know, asking the question of what the property would like to be sold for. And they said 15 million. And they were like, we can't sell this property for 15 million. It's like, you know, way beyond you know, what it should be, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Based on what? Based on what? Judgments, facts, figures, all of that. What if you actually used your awareness for something? So they put it on the market for $15 million. They sold it within a week, $15 million. Did they give Gary Douglas a percentage of that? No. (laughs) No? (laughs) No. I know. Isn't that amazing? Yes. That is so amazing. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah. And I'm just wondering as we're talking, like how many people have decided they're terrible at business because they are listening to so much of what the experts say. And I am always baffled at like, who are they? (laughs) The they that say, this is what you're supposed to do. And when you get outside of that point of view and just put into practice the things that you're saying, what else is possible? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I really want to stipulate here that the things that you've decided are bad, you know, or you've judged, how many people stop themselves in business because they go, oh, my God, you know, I fucked up, so I better stop what I'm doing, rather than keep asking questions and keep moving forward. One of my favorite books is Richard Branson called Business Stripped Bear. And one of the things he talks about is this deal that he wanted to do with this uh, bank in London. And he asked them, you know, this is what I'd like to create. And they say, no. So he asked them again. They say, no. He asked them again. And they say, no. And he asked them like 10 times. And he finally goes, all right, what do they need? What do they require to say yes? Like he's not willing to receive the no, (laughs) but more from a, a, a demand, not from a you know, I will not receive no, just a demand in his world. He had an idea that he knew would work. So the next time he went and asked them, he changed it around with something else that would, that would be appealing to them. And they said, yes. And he was like, great, let's do it. You know, he was always willing to sort of, you know, live on the edge with that and create uh, something different. I remember when he, he did a whole campaign with a brand of soda in America and it was similar to Coca-Cola and Virgin Coke is what it was called, you know, like another Pepsi sort of thing, you know, Tab. I don't know yeah. if anyone remembers Tab. So, and he did a whole campaign in uh, New York Times Square and he hired a, um, oh God, my words are slipping to me today, not a machine gun, a tank, 
he hired a tank mm. and he had this whole Virgin Cola and he was launching Virgin Cola and he hired this tank and it was, you know, you know, driving around Times Square and it was shooting out these fireworks at the Coca-Cola sign on Times Square. Like he's so naughty and doing <laughs> this whole campaign of getting Virgin Coke out there. Now Coca-Cola hired more people than he had working in his entire company to take him down. And they did. Wow. But wow. you know what? He yeah. was like, oh, yeah. well, I gave it yeah. a shot. I tried, you know. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and it's like, man, I, I actually like Coke, so I'm not sure I would have gone to Virgin <laughs> Coke. But I love the way he gave it a shot. The other thing is with British Airways, when he yes. was creating Virgin uh, to fly across you know, from New York to London, British Airways literally said, no, you can't do that. It's been done. We're doing it. And he was like, what do you mean it's been done? You're doing it. Like there's room for someone else. And they were like, no. And I think that's what so many people come to too. Someone says, like we were talking about before, there's no more room. Yes, there is. There's always more space. There's always more room for something different. So he did and he created it and it's really successful. We've got Virgin Blue here in Australia. And at one stage we had we had Qantas and we had another airline here, Ansett Airlines. And at that stage, you know, they were able to do some, you know, competition because there was two airlines. And then Ansett went broke and it was Qantas. Tickets in Australia skyrocketed because Qantas had the monopoly. There's no one else here who could do anything. And then Virgin Blue came in, which was brilliant. And then Qantas had to create a discounted, you know, company called Jetstar. So, you know, what if you stirring the boat and getting in there and knowing that you can create what you would like to create, creates a difference in the world, not just for you, like you can create, you know, more money, more business, et cetera. But what if business, like I said before, was about creation? And I am so grateful for Richard Branson coming to Australia because he created something different here. He didn't create the place where, you know, flying domestically was only for the rich and the wealthy. He created it so that pretty much anyone has the choice to jump on a plane and go see the rest of Australia. Yeah. Different reality. Yeah. And I, I, I love that. It's, and the energy of demand that you talk about, it's, it's like there is a never a no, there's never a stop, there's never a conclusion, there's never a decision. It's always a, almost a, but what if it could work? What if it can't work that way? What if it could work this way? Mm. And I've seen you do and be that. In fact, you know, I get a front row seat because I get to work with you closely. <laughs> and I, I pinged you the other day because I watched this project you and I are working on. And I watched where there was this sort of weird thing going on with some of the stuff. And you just came in and created this whole different space and a moving forward, not a stopping and a creation, not trying to prove anything. And I watched you like turn the whole thing around just in like 30 seconds. And I I pinged you, Hey, what did you just do? And you said, I was the energy of what you said is the only thing I know to say is that the demand in my world is so high. And I loved what you said about that. And I wonder if you could say more because you do create from that space of demand and stuff shows up and it shows up so fast. So can you talk about that energy of demand? Yeah, and it it is, um, I mean, that's who I be and that's what I've chosen to be each day. And I did get a a Skype message from a friend yesterday who we work with and she said to me, Simone, can you help me? She said, I've noticed that I've been receiving a lot of judgments lately and I don't, she said, I was unaware of how many judgments I was receiving and how the projections that were occurring. And I said, well, it doesn't mean anything. If you make it mean something, it will be greater than you. 
So, and I learned to deal with that many years ago because you know what? I mean, worldwide coordinator of access consciousness, we're in 174 countries. Yeah, I'm going to get a lot of judgment. I'm going to get, you know, people, you know, deciding things about me. And the funny thing is, I, I think it's interesting when people who judge you the most have never met me. And they're the ones who yes. are casting all these judgments. And yes. you know, it's interesting. So I said to her, look, I said, you need to not make it real and know what you are creating and know where you are heading and don't let anything or anyone stop you. And it doesn't mean that you are not aware of others. It doesn't mean that you don't include others, but you definitely don't make their judgments real. Judgment is not real. And most of the time what I find is when people are judging you, they're not usually judging you. They're judging what they have not yet created. Like the easiest route to not create something is to judge others. So don't buy it as real. And that, I mean, the demand in my world is like, yes, let's go. And I never, ever think I've got it right. Like, it's not that place where I'm like, well, you know, let's do this, this, and this, and this, and you've got to do it my way. I'm like, no, let's extrapolate. If we extrapolate and you have a bunch of people who, you know, are functioning from the awareness of possibilities, then you'll come up with one idea. And then there's another idea over here, another one here, another one there, another one there. And then you go to sleep, wake up in the morning and go, hang on. I think I've got something else that's going to make yes. this even easier, you know. And it's so much fun. That's actually the joy of business that you talk about because it is just a constant creation and fun. Yeah. I mean, we just had a meeting this morning on, you know, Gary Douglas, the founder of Access. And it was a few people that we work with. Marnie, you were on it. I was on it. And I was really grateful for the space that everyone was willing to be because Gary Douglas is one of the most different men I've ever met in my whole entire life. And he sees the planet in a really different way. And he also sees all of us in a different way. He, you know, sometimes I think he cares more about all of us than we're willing to care about ourselves. But what I was grateful for on that meeting that we had was it wasn't coming from answer. It was coming from let's tap into the energy of what future is available here and how do we, you know, remain on that creative edge on, you know, promoting Gary Douglas, on getting access consciousness out there, on making it available in a way that's honoring to everyone in the world and honoring to Gary. And that was how the meeting was created. It's like, you know, yes. how does it get any better than that? Yeah. From the space of question and possibility mm. and looking at that. And speaking of that, I remember the first joy of business that I actually took with you, it was in Denver and I I got to be a part of a little bit of the creation before the class happened. And I remember you were asking live class only live and stream. And you just went, Oh, it's actually really light to do the stream. So let's do the stream. So you, you know, hired the stream team and did all the stream aspects of it. And I remember sitting in class the first day and it was looking around going, yeah, you know what? Actually, we're not even going to break even on this because, you know, there's not enough people on the stream to cover the cost of this. And but you said and, you know, what's right about this that we're not getting. And I chose it because there was a lightness to it. And so, OK. And there was you didn't even stop to like logically think about that. or <laughs> There was just to continue to go. And then it was really awesome because by lunch break of that first day, all of these people had joined, they saw posts on Facebook and all of the various ways that creation happened, but a whole bunch more people came in and it was a totally a different story, which was awesome to see that creation in motion. But what I really got out of that was there was never, ever a conclusion. There was never a doubt. There was never a questioning what you knew. You chose and you chose and what's next and let's keep choosing and what's forward and what's right about this rather than 
any judgment, any conclusion or anything, which was a total different space coming from corporate America. <laughs> and I went, wow. And it totally blew my world. So I remember that. that. I remember that. Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up because I, I totally forgot about that. And most people would go to, you know, terrible abyss and yes. they'd go, oh my goodness, the live stream didn't work. We're not making money. You know, the, look at the profit and loss sort of energy. Whereas I, I love looking at profit and loss statements. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I think it can give you a lot of awareness, but I don't create based on them. I just use it as an yes. awareness and then I keep creating. And that was interesting. We did have so many people signing up by lunchtime for that class that, you know what, we did end up making money, but I didn't go in there vested in the outcome. And you need to do business not from being vested in the outcome and not judging what has not shown up. Because if you judge what has not shown up, then you can't receive it showing up in a different way. So can you talk a little bit about any experiences that you've had where you've done something, chosen something that others might have judged as stuffing up or not creating something greater or yeah, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. sure. So with the, I mean, terrible at business, like, and you know, there's been some things that I have done and I'm, you know, I'm not saying every day is like, you know, you wake up and it's like, yay, I'm so glad I made a mistake today. It's like, no, right. you know what? I've used the tools and I've judged myself and gone, shit, you know, why did I do yeah. that for? And then, but I've used the tools and gone, okay, I'm going to get up, brush myself off and, you know, keep dancing, keep moving, keep, keep creating. So one of the things I would say is there's been a lot of things I've done you know, written the book called Joy of Business, which is translated into 13 languages now. Second book, Getting Out of Debt Joyfully, uh, is out and translated in about five different languages. And there's a lot of my stories that I do have in those books. And I have created a lot of different businesses. And throughout creating all those different businesses in different industries, I mean, I worked in so many different industries. I would say people would always project at me, oh, she can't settle down. You know, she's never going to yeah. commit. And I was like, no, it's not. I'm just done. It was like, I would work somewhere for, you know, three months or something and go, all right, I've learned everything I can learn here next, you know, but what does this reality yes. do? Say, well, why isn't she sticking to it? And it's like, I mean, the funny thing is I did the same thing with relationships and people would say, I, I remember someone calling me three month wonder once because <laughs> I would do these three month relationships, but I was like, but I'm having a great time, you know, three months here, three months there, you know, why do I have to stick to something for 10 years? Why do I have to work at, you know, at, at something and, and you know, get a watch at the end of my 10 years and retire? There's so much out there. There's so much out there to play with. And that's what I would get excited about. So I did work in a lot of different industries. I learned so many things that I would apply to my life and my business and everything I create today. That is for sure. And there's some choices that I made. For example, one of them is about investing. And, you know, at one stage, which is a big leap. I mean, I, I find people have a big leap into hiring staff, for example. That's something that I stuffed up in a way. You know, I used to hire all my friends. And then realized, oh, just because you're hiring people doesn't mean you have to be friends with them, doesn't mean they have to be your new best friend or even your current best friend. <laughs> it's like it's probably yeah. not the smartest choice. So I had some, you know, pretty sticky situations with uh, things like that and having to make the choice to say, you know what, this isn't working. We have to change this. And one of the largest ones I would say is investment, the willingness to receive investment. With Good Vibes for You, we had put out there for a lot of investment to show up because we needed some more cash flow. And I'll never forget, we had about 10 investors and 
one of it was a $25,000 minimum. And one of the invested, as he gave me the check, he said to me, you know, I'm investing in this because I believe in you. I'm investing in you. And at that moment, I remember thinking, God, that mate, that's such a weird energy. And I realized later that he had, he had no sort of belief or desire for the company. It was literally me, which creates a lot of pressure on you if someone's literally investing in you. So after that, I always sort of made sure that people knew the risks, for example, like highlighted in yellow. Hey, here you go. The <laughs> yes. What you're about to do, don't hide that fact. And also mm. make sure that they're aware of the company. This is what you're investing in. You're investing in the company. Because what happened was when we didn't succeed monetarily, we definitely succeeded with change in the world. But when we didn't succeed monetarily with that, it all came down on my shoulders. It's your fault. And I was like, yeah. hang on a second. There's a whole lot of people working in this company. Why did it become my fault? And it's like investment shouldn't be personal. It's not personal. Okay. And that's one thing that was pretty hard for me to get at that time because when you're dealing with people's money, man, people make it personal. And can I say larger investors are totally fine with it. It's the ones that are putting in a smaller amount that make it so personal. So it was almost at the place where I... I wanted to give up is what I want to say when I wanted to give up and just start working all these extra jobs so I could pay everyone off that invested because I felt so bad about it. And I remember Gary Douglas said to me, you know what, you've still got to create your life. And I went, Oh, what does that look like? And I went, Oh, so I've got all these investors who are pissed off at me and yet I've still got to create my life. So what I ended up offering them was 50 cents in the dollar that I would personally pay them back when we shut the company down. And that worked. It's like, you know what, I didn't have to do that. They did sign a risk, you know, uh, you know, clause saying that you could lose all your money. This is what happened. We did our best sort of thing. But I ended up paying those who said yes to it. I paid them back 50 cents in the dollar so that, you know, I could create more ease in my world. But I tell you what, I learned so much more about investment. And when you ask for investment to make sure, as I said, that they're aware of the risks and they're investing in the company. It's not you personally, they're investing in the company. And would they also be willing to contribute to the company and being really clear on what it is that you would like to create. So it was sort of like one of the big lessons I learned, you know, having the weight of the, my world on the shoulders is what I created because people did make it personal. And business is not personal. Pers- business should be fun, something that you can change. And if you enter into business, you have a business, you should be willing to, and I know people hate this, but you should be willing to lose everything. Because if you're willing to lose everything, you can actually have everything. And that includes mm-hmm. losing the judgments of what you've been and done because you know what? You're not going to get it right every day. Like I said, every day you're not waking up going, yay. You know what? It's like some days are really hard and some days are really uncomfortable. But what you can do is stop judging you, ask questions, run the mantra of access. All of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory and see what is different that can show up and keep going keep demanding of you and requesting of the universe that what it is you would like to create will come into fruition. That was like amazing, a bunch of amazing tips all at once. So I'm just curious if somebody's listening to this and going, you know, I'm in business, 
and I've been trying to do what everyone, the experts say I should do and how it's supposed to be. And I hear this conversation and there's something that lights up that I go, yes, this is, this is something somewhere that I've always known is possible. And you're putting words to that. Where do I start? Where would you say like a starting point, a step one would be for somebody? You know what? Seriously, truthfully, I'm going to sell our own gig, Joy of Business. Mm. <laughs> it's like, and I second that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, yes. and yes, you know, I I've had people who have come to Joy of Business classes and they've been so annoyed at me because they sit in the front row and they've got their, you know, pen and paper and they're ready to write notes and, you know, and then I've got this sort of like casualness to it or, um, it's different. You know, access joy business classes are completely different. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to give you the answer. But what we do have is questions and processes to change any area of the business that you think is not working. And we can sort of, I call it get down and dirty and see what we can change here. So it is different and it's not from this reality. It's it's everything that you know about business that nobody talks about is what I want to say. So there are classes yes. out there. You can go to accessjoyofbusiness.com. There's one class, a one-day class called Access Business and Money, and then there's another class called, as I said, the Master Class, a three-day class called Business Done Different. Now, I am actually doing this class in Tokyo, Japan, like I said, but you can jump on live stream. So if you're listening to this and you want to come on, you can you know, go to accessjoybusiness.com, sign up, live stream. It's from the 29th to the 31st of March, so live stream means that you get to go onto a website, accessconsciousness.tv. We give you some codes, et cetera, you know, once you've paid up the money and we send you a manual even, you know, a downloadable manual, et cetera, and you jump on, you can ask questions. It's all available for you. So I would start with that. And even if you haven't got it, get the book, go to Amazon and buy the book, Joy of Business. It's something different. If you've been desiring to do something different and no one else is listening, we're here. <laughs> We've got your back. Yes. And you know what? And there's much more stuff you can find out from Access Consciousness as well. But this is just sort of the business side of it. Well, thank you, Simone, for this conversation. I know I will listen to it many times. There's a lot of amazing things. And uh, just thank you for the different possibility in business. And in, just as kind of an ending thing. So if you've judged yourself as terrible at business, as Simone said, judgments are not real. So would you be willing to consider that maybe you're not? And what do you actually know? Yeah. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you, Marnie. You're wonderful. I'm so grateful that you're in my life. <laughs> So, it's so, <laughs> so you can go to accessjoybusiness.com, access consciousness, and also check out my website, simonemillasas.com, M-I-L-A-S-A-S.com. And if you like these podcasts, please, you know, ping them, review them, send them to your friends, foe, family, work, workmates, whoever you would like to send it to. I, you know, I would like to get them out there in the world because I know there's a different possibility and people are asking for it and they're seeking it and it's just a matter of, you know, them finding it. So thank you so much and I look forward to talking to you all next time. Mm-hmm.